Welcome to the Everyday Guru Podcast with your hosts, Jared and Tiffany. Each week we interview everyday gurus who are full of wisdom, love, and laughter. Hope-filled stories that need to be shared with the world. We love receiving feedback. Please share, leave a review, or best of all, a voice message. If you find value in our podcast, please consider supporting us for as little as 99 cents a month by visiting anchor.fm forward slash everyday guru forward slash support. Hey, everybody. This is Jared, the everyday guru. I have with me Scott Medlin. They pronounce that right? Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Got it. Woo woo. Uh, Scott has worked as a police officer since 2007. Prior to that, he was in the United States Marine Corps. He also attended college. He was deployed for Operation Iraqi Freedom in 2003 and 2005. Once he was honorably discharged from the Marine Corps, he earned his bachelor's degree. Scott entered into law enforcement. Through deployments and time in law enforcement, Scott has done his best to inspire others to be a team player. Scott has helped fellow officers keep marriages together, pull through during hard financial times, overcome depression, and has provided encouragement whenever an author has needed it, which is awesome. He is also willing to share his mental health fights to teach others how to become aware and overcome. And that's the end of it. <laughs> I know I got a little cut off there, but uh, yeah, would you like to expand on that? or? Well, first off, Jared, thank you for having me on to every listener. I hope you're doing as, as well as you can be today. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, my whole mission with writing my books, Mental Health, Fight of the Heroes in Blue and 101 Health Tips for Police Officers, obviously focused on mental health for police officers and morale and being healthy as I strive to do because of the mistakes that I've made and the counseling I've gone through in the past. But considering 2020 and now we're into 2021, everybody's life is really changed in different in, in different ways or been affected in ways that they, they that they would have never asked for and life has really changed so i figured i would get on this podcast to do my best to help inspire others who are going through a hard time because we're all facing challenges at at, at different levels all, all across the globe right now yeah absolutely and when i uh, ran across your application i saw that you are um, a law, law enforcement officer police officer and your your story inspired me and uh I'm like, yeah, golly, definitely have mom because people forget, you know, when they get pulled over or whatever, they have an, an, an um, you know, <laughs> my mind's going blank. Interaction. There you go. Interaction there, with a police yeah, officer. You, you know, they, they're, they're a human being. I do tell people that, that, that we are human and we, and on top of life stressors, there's the stress of having to see things that the human brain is not innately wired to see, like seeing a kid who's been a victim of horrendous crime, seeing gory, uh, very disgusting crime scenes uh, when someone suffered a violent, uh, from uh, when suffered, when someone suffered from a violent crime, all these things that I had to see, it, it does take a toll on someone. Now I'm not, I'm not making justifications if an officer makes a very bad negligent mistake by any means, but we are human and it is, it is a very demanding job. But like I said, during the introduction part, we're all encountering things that we're not exactly supposed to go through right now, such as people being told to stay in your house, don't go anywhere. We're relational beings. People need to learn how to cope uh, because th this is affecting us on a full spectrum. But yeah, I mean, we're all human, bottom line. Yeah, oh, ab absolutely. And, uh, you know, you guys go through the same emotions that we go through and Mm -hmm. and a lot of times an officer can only spend maybe 
you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes, an hour, whatever, then they go on to the next call. So they got to basically decompress what happened and then move on. You know, and humans were never made to be robots like that. You, you bring up a good point. And it, it always shocks me when I, when I do, when I am working and throughout the years that I have been working, there have literally been times where I've gone from a very dangerous situation, even having to go hands-on to restrain someone or fight to defend myself. And then 30 minutes later or two hours later, I'm going to a crash where a car crash where an innocent elderly person crashed into a telephone pole and they're as sweet as could be. And I'm thinking, you have no idea what I just came from. <laughs> um, and just the different, just the different dynamics. It's, it's an incredible job, but at the same time, you can go from one thing to the next and you really have to make sure you take the time in between to decompress or cope or mentally deal with it in a way where it doesn't lead to unhealthy habits or unhealthy actions. Oh yeah, exactly. Like I had a, a roommate um, that passed away uh, four years ago, and mm -hmm. it, it just amazes me. I couldn't thank her enough. You know what I mean? At the time, you know, a little trauma set in. You know, and uh, you know, I was, I was a little hyped up, a little amped up. But afterwards, I thanked her profusely. You know, and I apologized for being kind of a dick. Uh, you know, <laughs> but you know, you have mm -hmm. all that emotion, right? You don't need to apologize. But as a human being, you know, you don't want to take out your garbage on somebody else, especially not somebody that's trying to help you. You know what I mean? Right. You know what? I just did a video on my YouTube channel, Law Enforcement Motivation Channel, if anyone wants to check it out. Uh, Law Enforcement Motivation Channel. I just did a video on how to not lose your temper because we all have this baggage that we're carrying, whether it be from personal struggles or or the demands of jobs. And we don't want to we don't want to cave into either someone trying to instigate us or just all of a sudden it comes out uncontrollably and we have and nobody nobody did anything to trigger it yet. It just it just happens. I did a whole video on that. So you're right. You don't want to just unload on people. It never helps. It's short lived, but long-term damages. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously she knew that, you know, the trauma I was going through, she didn't take it personally, but it was more of like, you know, me being right with myself, you know, I obviously don't want to, you know, you know, just leave it at that. I'm like, Oh my God. You know what I mean? This is my own, mm -hmm. like my own conscience and just apologize. Hey, look, you know, and she totally understood. And uh, yeah. And, and it, for her, it's, it's horrible for her to have to do it. You know what I mean? I know it's part of her job, you know, and uh, I don't want to say she signed up for it. You know, obviously that sounds cruel and insincere, but it doesn't matter what somebody signs up for. It still takes a toll on you and you're doing it yeah. to help people, but that's kind of like the negative, that's the negative of it. You know what I mean? Right, you know, right, right. And, and, and I'm a big proponent now because over the last few years, more police officers have died from suicide than actually being killed in the line of duty. I'm not trying to make a light out of any death, but it, I think it's totally opposite where there should, there, obviously there's risk involved with the job and police officers are going to die because there are always going to be people that make decision to commit crimes and they will kill police. That's just part of the inevitable risk, but it makes no sense to me why more police officers are dying uh, their own hand than being killed at the job where there's always going to be that risk. Uh, it's, it's very detrimental. And uh, so that's what I'm saying. It's like, yes, there's that human, I know we signed up for a job, but there's that human reaction. And unfortunately husbands, wives, parents, friends are, are killing themselves. Oh yeah. And in my book, you know, anybody that can, like I told her, I could never do her job. I just couldn't, I just don't have that strong of a stomach, you know? And uh, it, it definitely, a, it, it's definitely a calling because 
I've seen many officers get into it and I ask them, why did they start? And they say, well, I, it looked cool or I just needed a job. Those, those people don't last, but the ones that are called to do it and hopefully they get the right training. That's why we do what we do. Yes. It's, it is crazy. Sometimes I even evaluate myself. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm going to something where I could literally get killed or someone will hurt me, or I'm just going to have to stand in a house where I see cockroaches going up the walls and are falling on me. Like who would sign up for that? So it is a calling. It's not just some job you can sign up for because you need something to pay the bills. It must be not to be morbid to me. It'd be seeing, you know, people pass away. That would be, yeah. I I think that would drive me over the edge. Right. That was one of the first times I was only two to three years in and I saw a person who had hung themselves that affected me tremendously. And that was the first time I realized, wow, I'm not some plug in the wall robot with a police uniform on. I'm a human because I, I went into a bad place. Uh, when after that exposure to that incident, I did, it was not good. I felt depressed. I was hopeless. I felt like me living a good life or doing the best I could to live a good life was dishonoring that person that killed themselves. It just, that affected me. So I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, yeah, that, there, there are all kinds of things police officers run into that can affect us in, in numerous different ways. Mine is just like you said, it's, it's the morbid scenes of people passing away or have been killed. Uh, but also whenever there's kids involved who are victims of crimes, they're in, be via social media where they've been just objectified and not, and they like the human aspects been taken away from them or, uh, or, or just the, the, well, I'll, I'll tell you just like the, the, the sexual nature crimes that those are just, it, it's just gut wrenching and it, and it wears on your heart and mind. If, if you're not actively coping with it, it's very tough. Yeah. And I think too, is like, you know, everybody has different sides of each other. Like, you know, sometimes I'm very blunt. So people think that oh, I'm being an a-hole. But mm-hmm. people don't. But people judge you on at your worst, or you know what I mean. They judge you yeah. by a snippet of your life or something that you say on social media. They don't look at the other side of you or have seen the other side of you. That hey, I just snowed up. I just snow blowed out a neighbor, or I just you know what I'm saying. So that's right, another right. thing I think with law enforcement officers, um, and and I, I'm guilty of it too. You know, being a human being. You know, you see that YouTube video where that you know cop pepper sprayed that nine year old. You know, and then oh, I try to think, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And then I think, well, you know, not try to draw on it too much because, hey, there, I know down the road I have a local – I also recognize there's a local police officer that's probably helping my neighbor get her car out of her ditch. So right. you, that's why I always tell people too, you know, yes, acknowledge, the, acknowledge it, but don't dwell on it. You know what I mean? That's a good way to put it. And I always tell fellow police officers who – when, when it comes to communication, we obviously have to communicate very well and we are expected to and should communicate very well. One of the biggest traits for communication, one of the biggest skills, and this goes for anybody. So if you're listening, I, I please, um, I really hope you get a lot out of this word, empathy. When, yes. when, I, go to a, when yes. I go to a crash, when I respond to a crash or I go to a call of someone who just had something stolen from them and they're yelling at me, it's not me. They're, they're not yelling at me. They're yelling because 
someone just stole something from them or, or they got into a crash and they're upset because the brand new car or with the brand or the car with the brand new tires is the one that got was damaged. So it's empty. Being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes is a very effective perspective, but also a communication skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, I know a lot of officers that I know referred to as verbal judo. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I swear I'm not a huge reader, uh, but that, I've read that book like three times. The, that's awesome. You brought it up. Yeah, I just I, I saw it on uh, there's a uh, um, an officer called Officer 401 on YouTube. He has quite a big uh, following. Oh, and yes, he, he does. Yeah, yes, he and, does. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, you follow him. Yeah. And that's yep. what he talks about verbal judo. And that's but that, you know, to me, that that's common sense, you know. You know, I, I never ran. I never got my luckily got the crap beat out of me in school. Thank God. Um, <laughs> maybe I should have had sometimes with my wise mouth. But, you know, because I learned the quote, verbal judo, you know, you know, somebody wants to fight you, you know, just, just a, you know, yeah. like a bully. Everybody, you know, there's always the, everybody has a high school bully and, you know, you talk your way out of it. Right. Verbal judo, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anyone, I would recommend that anyone going through any tough relationship problems, who's, who's not in law enforcement, verbal judo can still help you. And I talk about some, some aspects of verbal judo on my YouTube channel, law enforcement motivations. Yeah. Verbal judo is uh, absolutely key. Yeah, exactly. And now I don't know exactly what it is. I mean, I, I think I know what it is. I didn't like research it, but it's basically, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just like we discussed talking talking at it with empathy and compassion and and understanding you know right yes it's, the, it's basically if someone throws a verbal spear at you don't don't throw it back uh it's it's the gentle art of persuasion and uh but it also helps with real, it, not manipulation gentle art of persuasion in the sense of conveying your point even during even during hard times and what my books are about is about how can you be how can you become mentally aware because police officers are always taught you know be, be aware of a person's hands be aware of their demeanor be aware of their speech but yet we're not being we're not really being trained how to be aware of ourselves and when we start going down a bad road in mental health uh, it affects our job performance and then also can lead to at worst case scenarios suicides but what I like to talk about is like if you become more aware of your mindset you can be more aware and 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 exercise these skills necessary to be a good police officer right. if you're doing well yourself yeah how do you think that plays in i was just curious myself and i've heard other people mention it to me um and i've also seen it like in progressive news networks where a lot of officers are taught to be afraid and that's a detriment you know to obviously others if they're always afraid of the average joe you know what i mean how that can escalate stuff but also like from a mental health standpoint do you you think that's a detriment to train officers to always be afraid? I wouldn't want someone to be trained to be afraid. I I know that the human reaction, the natural human reactions of fight, flight, or freeze are just that. They're, they're natural. It's okay to be nervous. Like when I go to a, or when I worked in the city uh, setting, uh, okay. city department for 12 mm-hmm. years, responding to an armed robbery knowing someone had a weapon yes i got nervous but it's but it's up to the training the confidence i instill in myself uh the the ability to breathe deeply while responding so that it clears up your your mental thinking and your mental clarity those are all very important things so if someone is legitimately afraid to the point where they will freeze up 
I would not recommend them being law enforcement, but someone being nervous about a situation or, or someone be, having fear, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you are able to push past and rely on yourself through confidence, your ability, and how you've been trained to be. Uh, that that's where it can that's where it won't be detrimental, uh, but but to be trained to be afraid, I'm not, I'm not too familiar with that. I, I okay, I I'm yeah. just throwing it out there. I mean, I saw in a progressive yeah. network that you know police are constantly a, a, you know trained to be afraid of the general public. Now, if you're calling BS on that, that's fine. Or if, you know, unless like, oh, I, 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 I get what you're too. saying. I get what you're saying. I I would I would say if if they're being trained to be afraid, then that's not the right verbiage I would I would use I, I would say train to be aware uh, and when you're aware you can pick up on nonverbal cues or how a person's being their demeanor uh, it's just awareness I, I to, to awareness or, or having the reasonable suspicion which is actually a legal term as, as, okay. so that that kind of stuff yes right right okay well I just want to clear that up because like I said you know I'm I'm, I'm, I'm even a guru doesn't know everything. You know what I mean? So you gotta ask the person that's gone through it, right? You know, I tell people right. I get I get every I get stuff wrong all the time. You know, don't don't <laughs> don't put me on a pedestal. The only one person you should be putting on a pedestal, and it's not me. So yeah, right. I always say only one. I always I always the only one perfect person ever walked this earth. <laughs> yeah, and it that's, wasn't me because I can't walk on water. I came and swim. <laughs> I got you. So uh, you probably can, I'm sure. At least I hope you can. No, no. Well, I can swim, but not walk on water. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, they got me beat. So let's talk about your books a little bit more. So you got a couple of books uh, that you wrote. Um, do you want to go into more detail about them, or? Uh, yeah, Mental Health: Fight of the Heroes in Blue. Basically, I uncover the secret system of the mind that can help someone who is going through a hard time mentally. Okay. Uh, the, you know, it's amazing to me that the same the same mind that we have that gets us into a rut through negative mental thinking or low self-confidence is the same that same mind through our the filter of the mind it can we can help ourselves work out of a situation it's fascinating to me seriously the same mind that can lead to detriment it's the same mind that can be used to help you live to your fullest potential and do incredible things um yeah i talk about what i also talk about is a lot of people believe that they should go through and this is particularly men you know men are supposed to be tough nothing ever phases yes, a tough man yes yes i've heard so uh, many people talk about that you're not the only man that, that brought it up you know in previous podcasts yeah, yeah. To them. yeah. And, and i talk about how this warrior socialization needs to stop we yes, are humans we are affected by what we see and we need to learn to cope with it if not we could end up not only getting depressed or becoming addicted to alcohol uh or, or or making very bad mistakes uh, on the job that have irreversible damage to so i talk about all this stuff and I, and I talk about the mind i talk about how it's wired but then i also give at the very end of the book very helpful methods that police or anyone can use to gain control of their thinking well not gain 100 percent control you always have to work on it but to really gain more of a, a control on living a better mental living through a better mental perspective through good physical and mental health. So that's the first one, mental health fight of the heroes in blue. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, what led to the second one, 101 tips for police officers was I felt like in the first book, I didn't really dive into enough solutions and habits and healthy techniques. So I, I wrote that book, 101 health tips for police officers, all about what you can do to be healthy. And, and I've, I know people who have read it 
who are not in law enforcement, and they said it really helped them a lot. And uh, I was very honored when they told me that. I'll buy them both. I, I, they both look very interesting. I like the uh, I like the cover art in the first one. I know oh, well, you thank you. Thank yeah, you. I know if you drew, how'd you how'd you draw your inspiration? I was just curious how'd you come up with the cover art or. I will take no glory for that cover at all. I did not design it at all. I, I basically, I went on upwork.com and I hired some person across on the other side of the world to design a cover for me. I said, here's what the book is about. And they did the cover design and uh, did a, I, I think did a, did a great job. Yeah. I like it too. Yeah. They did a great job. I like the, uh, the sunset or the sunrise and yeah, it looks really, really awesome. And of course the second one, you know, police cruiser, there you go. I mean, <laughs> the red and blue lights, right? right? They're, they're great to see in the cover of a book, just not when they're behind you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Heck, I get nervous when I'm going down the road and I see police blue lights coming up behind me. <laughs> <laughs> right, maybe a UFO. I remember the story really quick, like um, that there that the officer 401, a YouTuber, told about. He just got his uh, undercover police vehicle or something, and he had it all lit up, and this woman uh -huh. was like... Uh, I get scared frantically. He goes, sir, I thought I was being pulled over by a UFO. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was an old lady driving really slowly. And, uh, yeah, like, that's awesome. And I can imagine, too, especially with some of these bright LED lights today. My God, I got one for my deck. Things like 120 watts. But, my God, you would swear that you'd be being being beamed up when that thing shines on you you know what i mean seriously oh I, I when i was working as a canine police officer for three and a half years i was in a chevy tahoe it was decked with blue lights i mean <laughs> decked with lights all over that thing i pulled over a lady one night i walk up on the passenger side and she was breathing real heavily i was like man why are you so nervous what's wrong and that's not the first thing i said to her i i uh, but eventually I asked her, she said, your lights just scared the crap out of me. <laughs> they really do. They really do. Especially if you know, if you're, you're driving around, everything's dark and all of a sudden you see, you know, I'm saying, this, and I mean, they reflect off all your mirrors, your inside. I mean, it just, it's blinding. Yeah, they, you know, they, they, are, they are definitely bright. So that's, that's why I like the cover design of 101 help tips, police officers, those lights get people's attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just, just use them. You don't just use them sparingly. If you can maybe just, or maybe just tap them a couple of times or, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I remember the, the first time I got, Oh, not first time probably got pulled over. I've only been pulled over a few times. You know, people can believe that if they want to, right? Joking, right? <laughs> no, I've been pulled over twice. Believe, but yeah, one time in particular when I was really young, we'll just we'll stick with that. Um, I remember I was going through Vermont, and there's a lot of small, um, a lot of small towns in Vermont, and you know, mm -hmm. I was, you know, I was young, and you know, um, I had a mechanical problem with my car. The flasher didn't work. It was an old Escort. And I remember I guess pulled over. I was doing about 40 because I was tired. I just wanted to get home. And, of course, you know, and they weren't fake tears. They were rear tears, let me tell you. <laughs> and the female officer felt bad for me, and the guy gave me a warning. I was doing, like, 40 and a 30 or 45 and a 30. Didn't give me mm -hmm. a ticket. And I'm like, well, can I just sit here and compose myself? What I didn't, what I didn't want to do is I wanted the officer to leave because my signal didn't work. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? The officer just let me go. I didn't want to add insult to injury, but yes, my one of my signals didn't work and I just fixed it, but it kept it kept burning out the um the thing that makes the flasher work. The right, right. But right. eventually I sold the car and that's you know another story for another day. But yeah, exactly, <laughs> man. Can you imagine a, you know, here I am and I had the music cranked. So I, I probably couldn't hear the siren and they had me lit up and like, Sir, pull over. I'm like, Oh my god, I'm in trouble, I'm gonna die, you know what I mean? Hey, okay. So that was a little memorable story from my uh, from my crazy adventures. 
But, uh, so, <laughs> right, yeah. And in summary, so is there anything else you would like to cover that you haven't covered or anything to, sever, to kind of sum everything up? Or I would just like to say to everyone that I know there's mixed opinions about police officers. Believe me, I'm very dis- – there's – you know what cops really hate is other is bad cops bottom line uh, but we are in a very challenging time in the country just because of the the response to this uh, pandemic and and it's and, and a lot of people are living very stressed stressful lives right now uh, people have lost loved ones because of the disease there, there's just a lot going on uh, life life as we know it will hopefully resume in the near future i, I hope and pray um, but but for now i just say if if conversations and, and, and police interactions, those are key uh, in the sense of if you want to get involved in a way, uh, you can do things like go to a community meeting, even if it's virtual, where you meet with the police chief to find out what's going on in your city, where you live. Uh, if, if you disagree with how police are handling things, then meet with a police officer and have a conversation Oh yeah, we definitely. Can, yeah, go on a ride along if you really want to know what police officers experience. Go on a ride along, and if you say, "Well, I'm in danger," well, there you go. There, there's the first mental exposure <laughs> that police officers face day in and day out. Oh yeah, it's definitely. Just, yeah, uh, so go on a ride along. I could go on and on, but there are. What, what my main point here is, we can work together to get each other through this. Police member, police officers are, are members of the community that they enforce and protect. Uh, so never be afraid to walk up to one to ask questions or just say, hello, hope you're, I hope you're having a good day. Yeah. Uh, I know. Like, and, yeah. and like, you know, like um, the, our local police officers are really nice. I've really never had a bad experience where I ever felt afraid for my life or anything like that. I mean, maybe once or twice they might've caught an attitude, but I, you know, mm-hmm. I get it. You know, they're only human, whatever. It's, it's all good. You know, Past the right. past, um, but no. And, and, most of the majority of them have been very decent to me, very nice. You know, um, yeah. Even our police chief, um, our police chief was a Navy vet. Yeah, and uh, okay, yeah, so, yeah, and he took over the department, and since uh, he took over, I think everything's, you know, done a, like pretty, either a one eighty or a three sixty. You know what I mean? It's more community right, oriented. Good. Cause good. You, you've heard the term community policing, right? Yes, I. If without without the community's help, without involvement in the community, police officers are are not going to have any kind of leverage at all in their jobs. They're just going to be responders, and that's it. Some of the most memorable moments I've had in my career thus far have been from community involvement. Now, don't get me wrong; I signed up to also catch dangerous criminals who make the act to who who decide to go steal things out of a church or rob people who are just trying to get home from work and stop at a gas station. Don't get me wrong that those people need to be caught. And that's also what police officers have to do. But some of the most memorable encounters I've had is, are people who didn't like police. And I showed up at a community event and we had very sincere conversations and we both ended up mutually agreeing on a lot of things and sometimes disagreeing on things, but you can still disagree with someone on something as long as you understand that as long as you both want the same moral, moral outcome, disagreeing is fine, but definitely through the community, I've, I've been able to have conversations and memorable moments of the career. Uh, But like I said, this is just kind of a stressful time right now for everybody at some level for each and every different person. And uh, we're going to help get each other through this. And if, if my books can be of use to others to help them uh, help 
equip their minds and their hearts to to battle what's ahead because life's going to happen to all of us then that's great and yeah. uh, you can you can find me online on my youtube channel please contact me uh, and that that's that's pretty much uh what i want to say in regards to that and i uh, it's been an honor to be on the podcast and i hope everyone learns something Oh, it's great having you. I'm honored with more with more mind to have you on. You know, I, I really enjoyed <laughs> talking to you. You've been one of our well, one thank of you, the Jared. best guests. It's nice. It just like the conversation just kind of flows with you. And uh, please, officers, are members of the community, just like everybody else is. And uh, a lot of people, you know, they've had negative experiences with police officers, and they don't realize. And I, but you, I'm sure you know this that it takes they say ten um, good experiences to negate one bad experience. So, oh, at least. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. At, at least. But I I remember one day I pulled over a car, and I can't remember why I stopped. It, it wasn't anything major, but I did stop them. And the lady immediately pulled out her phone and put it in my face. I said, man, but just – I said, I don't mind you filming me, but please don't put the phone in my face so I can't see you and the driver. She complied, and I, I told them why I stopped. I think it was because of an illegal left turn or they pulled in front of someone, something like that. Just wanted to make sure there was no driving while impaired going on and ran the driver's license, came back to the car. And I said, all right, well, no tickets here. Appreciate your cooperation. Have a good day. And she, she must and, been I looked floored. At her, and, I, and I looked at her though. And I said, all right, am I going to go on Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube, Twitter? I, and I started naming off all these social media apps. And she said, <laughs> you know, she said, you know what? you've been pretty cool. I haven't seen a cool cop like you. Uh, well, you ain't going on anything. And I said, well, I mean, even if you do put me on it, I will be the first time. Exactly. You know, if you're not doing anything wrong, you know, you have really right. nothing to fear. I mean, and a lot of um, officers wear body cams now, but yeah. Yeah. And it's just like what I, what I thought was really cool is showing the human side of policing, which a lot of people don't get to see. Right, right, right. But, so I and appreciate that. Even, even, even when we police officers are dealing with people when they're at their absolute worst and are being violent, trying to hurt people or kill us or, or whatever the case may be, uh, we have to hold ourselves to a high professional standard. But when it comes down to it, that hu that human aspect for for the citizen, for the police officer, for, for anyone, uh, people all across the world, respect and empathy go a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's good talking to you, Scott. I'm sure we'll talk again. And, uh, yeah, have a great day. That'd be great, Jared. I, I appreciate it. To all the listeners, hope you enjoyed the, you know, what I had to say. And you can find my books on Amazon. They're, they're very affordable because I know, I mean, heck, I'm a cop. I don't make a lot of money. We need to make the book affordable. So please go check it out. <laughs> right. If anybody needs a raise, you know, it's your, it's your local city officer, right, or town officer. <laughs> uh, have a good talking to you again. Thank you, Jared.